0: Hey everybody, and we are live. It is Cowboy Metals live stream. This is your host, Rob Keats of GoldSilverPros.com. And it is Tuesday, July 5th. So we have a pull up. Is this market sell off normal or part of a bigger move? Uh, yes, it's normal for summer. No, it's a full blown meltdown uh, or big hands are directing the market. You guys vote in that poll. I'm going to go ahead and launch right into the presentation today, guys. I'm traveling, by the way, which is why I have a different background than I normally have. And um, and in any case, uh, in the great city of LA in California, going to spend some time out here with the fam, but I did a big research piece today and I want you guys to see that. And my big question was, why are the markets puking on July 5th after Independence Day? Yes, I do understand uh, sell in May and go away and that whole philosophy. However, uh, it seems like the markets are continuing the route and the sell-off that they've had dating back to the beginning of the year. And that's something that I thought, mm, there's a lot more going on here. And I've listened to other people commentate on money supply and the Fed and all these other things going on. I think there's a little bit more to it. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. The title of today's presentation is The Great Financial Exit Has Begun. I'm gonna show that to you guys today. Thank you everybody for joining. Once again, this is your host, Rob Kings of GoldSilverPros.com. I think I've, even though I cannot hear sound, I'm trusting you guys that it's good to go, and we're going to launch into the presentation. So I'm going to start off with an article here. This is something one of my team members sent to us, and we are talking about this earlier today, and really what it is, is looking at the central banks, which are lining up to dial back the emergency stimulus. So in other words, they're reducing asset purchases, and that's what this article is about from Reuters, and this came out on June 17th, and it's talking about all the asset purchases that have been made by each of the main central banks, as you can see in this little chart here, let me make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see it. And of course you have the Fed, we have the ECB, the Bank of England and all of those. And of course you can see uh, the spending ramped up during the pandemic, they spent, spent, spent. And now uh, the art- as the article is uh, depicting, they're gonna start pulling back. So what are the plans Norway is going to be the most conservative by pulling back. It says it could hike its key policy interest rate twice in the second half of this year and also twice during the first half of 2022. And then they're also expecting New Zealand to pull back this year, Canada, United States, Australia, Britain, Sweden, and Japan and Switzerland. Now, this article came out last year and what they're they're talking about, they're broadcasting for predicting what was going to happen this year. And, I, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't see this on a lot of uh, news programs. It it was always that the Fed was going to continue easing. But here's an article in Reuters from last year about the fact that they're not and what all the central banks are going to do. I wanted to point this out because, yes, the stimulus and the money supply from the central banks has a lot to do with it, but there's more here than meets the eye. And that's the key point I want to make. There's a lot more here than just the fact of the Fed pulling back, the liquidity and the rest of the central banks pulling back liquidity. I printed this article because I wanted people to know that everybody knew, the financial media knew the central banks were going to pull back and they knew what was going to happen, but they didn't end up on the financial media really going and broadcasting that out to the people. It was always stay in stocks, invest in stocks, and, and key point, I was doing research today on Google and... I I was looking at uh, ETF fund flows and I was looking at, you know, who's selling stocks and things like that. And every article I was getting on the first page and a half to two pages of Google search results were how to invest in stocks, why you should be in stocks. So all of the retail sentiment was to put your money into stocks. When I think the big money knew that there was going to be a bigger traction and it was time to pull back. And that's really why I wanted to do this video. The financial elites aren't ever really going to tell you, um, when they're going to pull, well, they're going to tell you. They're going to put an article out there to tell people when they're going to pull the rug out. But they're only going to put an article or two, and it's for people that are looking. And the and the rest of the financial media is going to tell you to to get in, get in, get in. So I'm going to start off by talking about the money stock. So this is the M1 money stock according to the Federal Reserve. This is Fred, and if you look at it, of course, during the pandemic in 2020, we created. Are we added between 4 trillion and about 21 trillion? So, about 16 to 17 trillion of M1 money supply. There's M0, M1, M2, and M3. M3 is not officially tracked anymore, although there are sources you can get to it. Each level, starting at 0 to 1 to 2 to 3, is a broader measure of money supply. And I know you guys know that, but in case we have some first time people watching that are trying to learn economics and learn what's going on, I wanna make sure and put a little bit of explanation in there. So M1 is a, is pretty conservative in terms of money supply. And I'm gonna focus on M1 and M2 here because those are the most commonly used. M1's considered very, very liquid in terms of money supply. M2 uh, is a little bit more. So I'm gonna to read to you what this is. Uh, before May 2020, M1 consists of currency outside the US Treasury, Federal Reserve Banks, and the vaults of depository institutions, demand deposits at commercial banks, uh, the U.S. government and foreign banks, less cash items, blah, 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 other checkable deposits uh, consisting of negotiable order of withdrawal or now or automatic transfer service, so on and so forth. And M2 is a broader measure than that, but I just want to define these for those who may not know what it is. We're going to focus on both M1 and M2, M1 being the smaller or the more restrictive measure of money supply, M2 having more categories of available money or credit out there. So we can see very clearly here that you had a nice spike up. Now, the velocity went vertical and then in 2021, it, the the pace of it evened out. But here's the thing that we're gonna focus on. Since March of 2022, that would be this year, the monetary supply as measured in M1 has fallen. That's right, the monetary supply has fallen from 2709 trillion to 2632 trillion. So about, I wanna say $80 billion. Uh, M1. So that's not a huge retraction. So people that are saying it's just a retraction of money supply only, I think missing part of the picture, but let's ex- let's explore it a little bit more. Let's look at M2, which is a little bit bigger version of the monetary supply. And again, I'm going to read to you what M2 is. Remember it was M1 plus. M2 is M1 plus savings deposits, including money market deposit accounts small denomination time deposits, for those of you that still have time deposit accounts, which aren't as frequent anymore at your bank, um, minus some individual retirement account and Keo balances, and then also adding in balances in retail money market funds. So it's adding a little bit more liquidity. Now, the reason it's doing that is because it's got savings deposits, time deposits and money market funds. Those are considered liquid money. So M2 is generally considered about the widest measure of liquid money in a society i'm going to go back and check on sound guy sound check sound check make sure and let me know if everything is not coming through welcome everybody to the program welcome to dude boy and ralph potts and joseph s and gulp 0000 nick callashaw is here welcome everybody to the program we got 174 and i'm glad because this is a very important program glad you guys are here back to m2 same uh thing that we noticed in m2 that we noticed in m1 and m1 there was a pullback in march of 2022 M2, exact same timeframe, we went from 21,809 down to 21,754, so about 50 to 60 billion. So again, the retraction in M1 and M2 money supply this year has not been great. And remember, we had a lot of it printed last year. So big explosion of M0 and M1 as, as liquid monetary aggregates from the Fed. And they've retracted since March, but not a whole lot. So does that explain the over 20% stock market correction, S&P, this year? The over 30% that's happened to NASDAQ and the 35%, well, almost 70%, depending on what time frame you look at from Bitcoin. No, I don't think so. So yes, there's been a reduction in monetary aggregates, but not enough in and of itself, I don't believe, to cause the retraction we've had in the markets. But let's examine it a little bit more. Let's look at a weekly M2. Now, that I showed you a monthly M2. To report, and that's going to tend to be more smoothed out because there's less data points. Whenever you add more data points, you get a little bit more jaggedy lines. And if you look at, we're going to go to a one-year chart. You get this nice little chart again. In April eighteen, it was twenty-two one three nine, and then it's come down to twenty-one seven uh, four five. So you can see there on the weekly, you get a little bit more of a sharply, of, I'm sorry, of a sharp line on the chart. And really, in April was the time at which they they reduced the amount of M two money supply. Again, not enough to make up for what had been happening over the last year. Remember, this is when you hit the pandemic, and it went from about 15 trillion to over 21 trillion. And if you look since March, the the decline, you know, it's less than a trillion. It's something like 80, 90 billion, something along those lines, 100 billion. So it's not enough to reduce the amount of money that had been added to the economy since the pandemic. So you can't just look at the recent decline in M0 and M1 and say, yeah, I think that's the cause of it. I think there's more there. And so I kept researching. And so I looked at the Fed tables. This is as of June 28th, 2022. So it's within about a week from a board of governors. This is uh, the Federal Reserve system. And we're looking at monetary aggregates. Now here's the monetary base. I'm going to make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see. I have to remember you guys are or on a computer screen as well. So here's the monetary base and here's the reserves and here's M1 and M2. So looking at M1 and M2 dating back to January, 2021. So about a year and a half, we were at 18 trillion in M1, 19 trillion in M2 according to this. And then we went to 2632 and 21754 respectively. And the currency in circulation did go up. It has not gone down. So 2094.2 trillion. 2273.7 trillion in circulation and in reserve held on the bank balance sheets in the Fed federal reserve system, it was 3153.8 in January, 2021, it's 33179. So certainly some of the money that was created in M1 and M2 is currency in circulation and reserve balance, but it hasn't retracted. In other words, there's still enough money sloshing around the system and on balance sheets that that amount of M1 and M2 has not contracted. So we go back, M1 has contracted slightly, M2 has contracted slightly, and we get a nice little weekly chart. You see this sharp contraction over the period of about a week. So yes, there's been a contraction, but when you look at what's actually in circulation according to the Fed and still on balance sheets, it's more than it was back in June of 2020. I'm sorry, January of 2021, and certainly at the beginning of this year, January 2022, they have not fallen. When you look at the numbers, okay. So at the end of the day we still have more money in the system than we did. So even though the amount of M1 and M2 currently available has retracted a bit since March, it's not enough to cause a correction that we've been seeing. And I'm going to show you in a minute where the crash in the stock and bond markets and the exit from that occurred way before. And I'm going to tie it back to this little announcement at Reuters on July 6th of 2021. All of this stuff I'm going to tie together in a neat little bow for you. Just stay tuned and s- stick with the program. But I've got more revelations for you as we go along. Real quick, before I do that, before I get into the next part of the screen share, I'm going to check back and see how you guys are doing. 200 people in. Thank you, everybody, for joining. This is Rob Keens Gold Silver Pros. i we'll do my real quick reset. It is July 5th, 2022. We're broadcasting this 5.30 p.m. Central Time, Gold Silver Pros channel. This is Cowboy Metals live stream. We do every Tuesday at 5.30 Central Time. We're we broadcast from the great state of Texas, and we take no... B.S. Thank you everybody for joining. Remember, super chats are open. If you want to grab my attention, I will be watching those very closely. Otherwise, you can put a question into the regular chat and I'll see if I can get to it. Can't guarantee that I will. Depends upon my old eyes and whether I can see it. All right, moving on. Remember, July 6th of 2021, according to Reuters, they were announcing all the central banks are pulling back on stimulus and they're going to do it sometime this year was the general consensus then the m1 and m2 money supply which has exploded in 2020 to deal with the pandemic had started to pull back in march but by relatively modest amounts according to all the feds charts and their data tables in fact the amount that's in circulation is still more than it was during the pandemic okay so even though there's a contraction in the total top line numbers in m1 and m2 as we see here the amount in circulation is still above where it was so that doesn't explain the market pullback that actually started before March when M1 and M2 began retracting. I did want to show this neat little chart. According to the Fed, when you take M2 over M1 in a ratio format, you can see that the amount of M2 to the amount of M1 had fallen, meaning M1 had been expanded by more than M2, right? So if you have one number over the top of the other and that ratio falls, that means the number on the bottom got bigger faster. So go back to M1, if we look at a chart which will include 2020 in it, you can see that there was basically a fourfold increase in M1. And if you look at M2, there was essentially not a fourfold increase. It went up from about almost 16 trillion to about 22. It's about six over 16, which reduces down to three over eight, about three eighths. So definitely this one multiplied by a factor of four, four X, this one went up by about three eighths. So M2 went up less than M1. And what that means is, There's more M1 sloshing around, more of the super tight liquidity base than there was for M2. Now that's gonna be important here in a moment when I show you the effect of the reduced M2 because what did they do during the pandemic? They didn't increase savings accounts. Remember what M2 is. We go back to M2 and look at the explanation. It's savings deposits. So they didn't increase the savings deposits or the time deposits or the balance of money market funds, which would have benefited who? The savers in society. That's not what they increased as much. What they increased was the components of M1, which is currency outside the US Treasury, Federal Reserve, banks, and vaults, which could be held by anyone. Demand deposits at commercial banks. Remember, commercial banks are the big guys. The savings are the little guys. So they didn't increase the little guy money as much as they increased the big guy money. Okay, that's key to understanding what's going on. So they gave the big guys money and watch what they did with it. Number three, other checkable deposits, so on and so forth. So what they did with M1 is they expanded that, which benefited the bank's commercial deposits, those types of entities before they expanded the money that eventually trickles out to you and me in savings deposits, time deposits and money market funds, which is M2. And that's shown in this chart. M1 increased more than M2. That's why the ratio of M2 over M1 sharply fell because the denominator M1 got bigger a lot faster during the pandemic and M1 became more important in what is M1. It's the stuff that goes to the big dudes in society, whereas M2 goes to the small dudes, right? And that's not what increased as much as you can see here. All at the same time, keeping enough aggregates out that they didn't actually decrease even though M2, I'm sorry, M1 and M2 both decreased. Okay, what does that mean? It means they made more credit available to the big guys in society to keep the economy going. They didn't make it available to you and me. We didn't get the bulk of it And they left enough out sloshing around in the system to where you wouldn't have a full retraction of M2 and M1. And since March, there has been a small retraction. We know why the Fed said they're going to tighten. And that has caused the markets to crash. But again, the amount that they tightened, if you look at this table, there's still money sloshing around. The amount they tightened is relatively modest considering how much it had increased, right? Relatively modest considering how much it increased. A little slight downtick, but look at how much it went up. So to me, that's not, that's not the explanation that in March, they started retracting the money supply, even though the amount out circulation is still more than it was two years ago since the pandemic, that that has caused a big pullback and the big issue with bonds and stocks and in Bitcoin I, and the rest of the cryptos. I don't think it has. That's what people are saying. I don't see that evidence right now. It doesn't mean that that evidence won't manifest in the future. Well, here we got something really cool, and I think now we're starting to get onto something with this chart. Okay, now we're starting to get what's what's the story? What's going on? Real M2 money stock. Okay, what is that? That is essentially the M2 money stock. So it's this chart right here, M2 money, which includes remember saving deposit, time deposit, money market funds, plus all the commercial uh, accounts that are uh, considered with M1. Okay, divided by the CPI or deflated by the CPI. So this is inflation adjusted. So when you look at the M2 money stock, you've seen a downturn. And if we go on a short-term chart, a one-year chart, this is a much steeper line. So the real M2 money stock when inflation adjusted is going down much further on a one-year chart. So this is the one-year chart on M2 money supply, which just started track in March and by a modest amount. But if you look at it when adjusted for inflation, it's gone down by a lot more. So that means that even though the M2 money that was circulating around is still much greater than it was during the pandemic, the value of that money because of the money they printed is now starting to reduce. In other words, the Fed has now reached the magno line or the point of no return or the breaking point, if you will. And, and let me come off screen or come off the share to, to explain to you, this may be one of the most important things I've ever broadcast on this channel. We've now reached the point at which the Fed can greatly expand the monetary supply. But now that inflation and prices is caught up with inflation of the money produced, the overall value of that money supply is measured in M2 has actually come down. It's not the fact that they severely restricted the M2 money supply. It's the fact that inflation and prices has caught up with that previous printing and has caused that to become less valuable. So every dollar that they have printed is now less valuable. And that's part of what's causing the system to break. Inflation has taken over, inflation has taken over even the money that, or to a large portion of the money they printed during the pandemic. And it's not the fact that the central bank has retracted M1 and M2 money supply, because you can see in the aggregates, they're still flush. It's that inflation has eaten the value of it. And we're now at the point in the system in which every dollar that the Fed prints is going to have a declining effectiveness in the market because inflation has taken hold. So when they print a dollar, but the value that M2 money stock falls faster than the dollar they print, that's where we're at in the Fed. And that's where we know we're at the end of this system because now the Fed can print all they want and you're gonna have a decreasing amount of effectiveness for each dollar printed. And again, I'm gonna go back to the screen and this may be one of the most important charts I have ever shown you on this channel and I'm not being hyperbolic. Look at how much this is falling due to inflation. It's CPI right here. And we're only talking CPI, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking real inflation. CPI, I've always said, 8.5, 8.3, whatever the current print is, it's not real because of hedonic adjustments, geometric weighting, all the games that they've played. And if you go back to the 1980 way of calculating it, which ShadowStats does, shadowstats.com, you can see our inflation rate is much more than 8%. It's more closer to 17 to 20%, depending on, you know, little tweaks there. So the inflation rate is so high that it's reducing the value of the available monetary aggregate in the system. 2.2 trillion held currency in circulation, 3.3 reserve balances. So we've now reached the point, again, most important thing I'm gonna say probably all year on this channel, we have reached the point at which the Fed cannot outprint the crash that's coming. Again, the Fed cannot outprint the crash that is coming. And it's not the fact that they've severely retracted M2 and M1, it's the fact that inflation has eaten the value of M2 and M1, and that's the importance of this chart. We're on the opposite side, of the point of no return from the Fed and from central bank policy, not only in the United States, ladies and gentlemen, across the world, remember, they knew that they were gonna dial it back. And we're talking about all the central banks listed here. Okay? It's not only happening in the United States, it's happening around the world. Inflation is raging around the world. And now all the central banks have flaccid, limp, and effective crap policy, no matter what they do. Because if they print now, Each dollar will have less and less effect until it has a negative effect because it will create more price inflation. And they can't retract because they're doing that now. And look at what's happening to the market. It's a very modest contraction in terms of interest rates and the way that the market is reacting. The other point that I wanted to make, and and I want to show you this chart on velocity of money. I don't talk about velocity of money as much because it is a misnomer in terms of hyperinflation. Velocity of money has nothing to do with hyperinflation, but it does have to do with regular inflation. So I'm going to pull out hyperinflation from what I'm about to say and only talk about regular inflation, regular, okay? Just 8, 10, 15%, not the 102,000 that you saw in Zimbabwe or in Germany or any of those types of things, regular inflation. So ignore this for hyperinflation. The velocity of money matters for regular inflation. The velocity of money has been going down pretty much since 1995, dating back to the last recession, but especially look at the steep decline, the pandemic. So what happens? They created all these reserves. They went from here to here in the reserves and the printed money supply. And you can see it on the chart. They went from here to here on M1 and then the broader M2, go back out to a 10-year, they went here to here. Big time amounts of increases, okay? Big time amounts of increases, but the velocity has fallen off Why? Think about who holds that money. If it's M1, it's the commercial deposits and things like that. If it's M2, it's the savers. Well, we know the consumers are spending every dollar they get. And we know the majority of money created was not the consumers in M2. This is the modest increase. Most of it was for the commercial banking system. That's who got all the money. But guess what? The velocity money is going down. What are they doing with it? They're sure as hell not spending it on the economy. Okay, That's why velocity money is down. The goods and services purchase has come down. So even though all that money was pushed out by the Fed, it didn't immediately get spent into the economy. And you can ask, why is velocity money down, but inflation is up? It's because there was so much money printed, even though the velocity has come down, it's starting to hit prices. But the amount that we haven't seen hit prices is right here. If this velocity money ticks back up to where it was prior to the last recession, then you're going to see inflation turn into big inflation, not hyperinflation, really big inflation. And it'll be the loss, and this is where we bring hyperinflation back in, It'll be the loss of confidence in those dollars, in those euros, in those yen, in those pounds, in those pesos that causes a rapid hyperinflation. Hyperinflation in prices comes when people don't trust the system anymore, and they literally just shove it wheelbarrows into the oven or to buy whatever the goods they can. We're not there. We're at the beginning of the high inflation, which has more to do with the money supply, but also inflation eating away, as you can see in this real M2 money stock chart, which takes M2 and divides it or uh, works in or deflates it by the CPI. Okay, so that's all the discussion on the money stocks I'm going to have. And I'm going to go and tell you where I think that they knew ahead of time. Why do they know ahead of time? Because Reuters and those guys were saying back in 2021 central banks are going to exit. And I'm going to show you the behavior of the wealthy in society and what they've done. And then I'm going to talk to you about gold and silver. Before I do all of that, I wanted to take a moment to drop back and do sound check. Sound check. Y'all tell me if the sound is working or not working. I'm not getting it on my end. I'm trusting you guys. Also, there is a poll up. The poll is, is this market sell-off normal or part of a bigger move? 5% of you says, yes, it's normal for summer. 31% say, no, it's a full-blown meltdown. And the other 64% are almost two-thirds, a little bit short. Big hands are directing the market. So about 95% of you think it's either a full-blown meltdown and or big hands are directing the market. I haven't agreed with, with all of you. I don't agree with this is normal for summer. I've seen summer doldrum cycles and I've never seen this big of a crash. In fact, I posted an article on Twitter the other day that the SP pullback this year from January 1 to now is the biggest since 1970. So 52 years. So no, that's not a normal for summer. It's okay if you guys had answered that. I understand why you answer it. it's okay. Uh, that's completely legitimate position, but let's go further into the data and let's see at the end of the presentation if you still believe that this is normal. And this is where we get real fun. So what I talked about before was I talked about monetary aggregates. But now I'm going to talk about investment flows. And then I'm going to get into gold and silver and why you shouldn't worry too much about gold and silver. And there's real data behind that. And I'm going to show you that. All right. Now, remember when I talked about this article, I put it on a video. I put it on Twitter. I had an interview somewhere. I don't remember where, where I talked about somebody else's uh, channel or somebody else's show. And this is CEOs and insiders sell a record 69 billion of their stock and the year isn't over yet. This is back on December 1, 2021. Remember timing, okay? Listen to timing. Back in uh, exactly July 6th of last year, Reuters, which is often the mouthpiece of the elite in the central banks, and the World Gold Council and the world gold trade said central banks lined up to dial back emergency stimulus. Okay. The pullback didn't really occur until about March when the Fed started pulling back and the monetary aggregate started to fall, although very slightly. But the big money was getting out last year. Okay, They knew why because of this. The CEOs knew inflation was coming. They knew the banks were going to tighten and they were cashing out and taking their money. The CEOs were. Okay, well, that's fair. We're talking about CEOs of some of the biggest companies in America. Well, is that a big enough group of people as a proxy to look at what, you know, the big money's doing? No. But guess what? I got a whole bunch more data for you. You didn't think I was going to stop there, did you? Uh Uh-uh. This is cold summer pros. That's not what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. So I went to ICI.org. What is ICI? Investment Company Institute is a .org that studies investment companies data flows and they have this really neat set of data flows which talks about what goes on with aggregate flows, not only in stocks, but in bonds. I'm gonna show you a top line table and then I'm gonna show you the, the deep data, the real fun stuff. Guys, I can't wait till you get into this, it's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, so now we're here, combined estimated long-term fund flows and ETF net issuance. I'm looking at ETF net issuance, it's buys and sells netted out, positive or negative, gives you the flows in ETFs, why? Most of what the investment is today is ETFs, exchange traded funds. It's passive investing. People don't do a lot of active investing anymore. The guys that watch this channel on Gold, Silver, Pros and watch Arcadia and other guys like that, you guys are the exception to the rule. You're the contrarians. You're the smart, small money. You may be small money, relatively speaking, to these big billion and trillion dollar entities, but you're the smart, small money, okay? You guys aren't in the ETFs, large part. You may be in one here or there, but you're, you, you actively invest. But the rest of the world, about 98% of the world invests in ETFs, including some of the, the big money. And you can see that that money has been coming out. Look at equity, bond, and commodity net negative dating back a year. This is from 525 to 622. So we had negative 12 billion in equity, a uh, domestic in the US, 11.4 billion, 813 million world uh, bond, negative 21 million. Now it's not just enough to look at bond interest rates. You have to look at the fund flows. There was a negative fund flow, 21 billion in bonds, just from May to June, okay? Just from May to June. And commodities were net negative. People are pulling money out of everything in the last month. Now we know that because dating back to March, remember, we started to have the pullback in the, in the money supply in the markets. And since January, we've had the stocks and bonds, you know, come under pressure. So this is just a month, right? Well, wait until I show you this big data chart I got here. Let me do a real quick share on my Excel spreadsheet. This spreadsheet also came from ICI. This is the source. I'm gonna check and make sure you guys can see that on the screen before I go forward because the spreadsheet's pretty complicated. All in numbers. Okay, I'm checking the stream. Good to go. All right, so back on the spreadsheet. The numbers I've highlighted here, you can see date back to September of 2021. Now, remember the Reuters article that came out in July where it said, oh yeah, the central banks are gonna start to tighten, less easing, all that stuff. Well, right about September 30th, all of the bonds and equity funds, all of it, was saw net fund outflows in terms of the mutual fund investment. Where does most of the money come from? The ETFs, or the I call them mutual funds or exchange traded funds, a little bit different, but that it's passive investing where people put their money. So if you look at the different categories, these are bonds over here, these are equities over here, and bonds, you have municipal, global, multi-sector government, high yield, which is junk bonds, investment grade, which is mostly corporate, and total. The total amount of bond outflows actually started around December. And it's been tremendous. This is the millions of dollars. So 9B and 10 B and 23B and 29B and 31B and 12B and 16 B and 17 B, 16 B, 7, 2, 8, 15. There has not been a reversal of this dating back to the end of last year. So for the last seven months, net net bonds have been sold globally, not just in the US, globally. And the biggest sellers are investment grade or corporate and also some of the munis. So people begin get out munis and corporate. Now, when, when you go to investment school, they teach you that corporate muni bonds are pretty damn safe. Muni bonds are considered, you know, unbreakable and, and you know, they're never going to fail. And then the treasury, the national treasury were considered the, you know, the, the bond of last resort, the most secure, but guess what? People have sold them all, including the government ones, net negative on the bonds dating back to December. If you look at the equities have been net negative dating back to September, and we're talking about world equities, emerging markets, developed markets, total world, multi-cap, small cap, mid cap, large cap, total domestic, total equity, and total of everything, bonds and equities, net fund outflows to the ETFs, you know, dating back to either September of last year or December of last year, about the same time that Reuters was announcing, the smart money was announcing, hey, the central banks are gonna pull back in 2022. So they've been dumping. That's why the market's been dumping. The big money's getting out. Okay, this chart clearly shows that the big money has been getting out ahead of time. Okay, again, before the M1 and M2 money supplies. Somebody go back to that chart. Let's go back to M1 and M2. Those began to retract in March. Okay, March, March. So the Fed didn't start tightening until people had several months to get out. In other words, The central bank didn't do anything until the announcement had been made last July. People listened, they started dumping. The smart money got out fast before the the Fed started tightening, but the Fed hasn't tightened that much. Again, look at the table. We still have more M1 and M2 in circulation and on the balance sheets than we had, you know, dating back to the pandemic. We still have money slashing around. There's been a modest pullback. What happened was, and what the signaling was, was that inflation was gonna eat the value of the available money stock. And that's why real M2, which is M2 deflated by CPI, has gone down sharper. In other words, the purchasing power of those dollars have gone down. Then the money first went to the big guys. Remember M1 is the big guys, the commercial money. They spent it, made their investments and pulled out before the small guys could get out, okay? And that's what we're seeing. And that's what I wanted to show you guys. So it's not just that the money supply is contracting. And yes, that does lead to recessions. It did in 2007, 2008, it did in 1929, you know, during the last stock crashes. When M2 money supply retracts and the weekly amounts retract over time, it does foreshadow a recession. But see, those hadn't contracted till later. The big money knew ahead of time, they got out. That's why I'm calling this a great exit. That's why the title of this presentation is Great Exit. The moneyed interest and the well-to-do and the people in the know knew ahead of time and it's clear by looking at the money outflows. They knew ahead of time. They knew that the Fed would tighten, but they also knew inflation was going to hit big time this year because of the amount of M1 and M2 money stock created during 2020 during the pandemic. And we saw that in the real M2 uh, number where it's deflated for inflation. You see the value that money's coming down, even though they haven't retracted that much. So it's not just the fact that the M1 and M2 retracted, it's that the value of that M1 and M2 has come down because inflation of prices, and we're seeing that the big people got out of the markets before then. So if you thought you were going to offset inflation with your market, whether it with bonds, Treasury protected, uh, in tra- uh, inflation protected Treasuries, or with stocks, wrong. Because the big money got out and crashed the market for you this year. Okay, and the big money has crashed the market more with those fund flows, and they've gotten out faster than the monetary base actually contracted. In other words. We say they front ran the Fed, the big money knew and they got out before the Fed enacted what they were going to do, their monetary policy. They front ran it. They knew ahead of time, the big corporates, the big moneyed houses, the people that held a bunch of bonds, they knew the big money's already out. See, they're not gonna get affected by the downturn this year. They started selling back in September of last year, okay? That's the important revolution I wanted to have. And that the, the monetary aggregates have come down inflation adjusted, but the markets have crashed a lot more because the big money's getting out. That's why, okay? That's what matters. But I've got more. I've got more in gold and silver because this is gold silver pros. And we've had a really big pullback in the gold and silver price over the last few days. Gold right now, as I'm staring at it live, 6.07 PM Central Time, according to Gold Price is sitting at 17.68.73, down 40 bucks, down 2.2%. Silver's down 3.78% right now trading at 1924. You know, not great things, but I wanna show you something because remember those are derivative prices. If you've watched my channel long enough, you know the gold and silver trade is determined in the US really by the futures trade on the COMEX and to some extent mixing in the London OTC market, but I just tracked the COMEX because it's close enough. It's got the most data, it's what people look at, and that's determined spot price. So in those spot prices are down, That's just derivative trading, that's just paper trading. It does not reflect the physical market and I'm about to show you that. So let's get to the physical. The most interesting part of this presentation, beyond the fact that we know that the smart money front ran the Fed because they probably were told, to be honest with you, and had connections, is the fact that we've had an outflow in the ETFs of gold and silver. And I'll get to actual physical silver and COMEX in a minute. But no, the reason there are so many withdrawals in gold and silver is people are taking the precious metal and they want to hold it in their hand, okay? Let's look at the four-week uh, change in gold. COMEX and all the other ETFs down three main ounces. 1.9% just in the last four weeks. And look at this red coming off of COMEX, registered and eligible. So registered and eligible has fallen. So register is the trading stock. Eligible as a private storage, which may be released for, released for trading, but it's a private transaction to do so. Both of those have come down. And COMEX itself, out of the 2.9 million ounces, 2 million in gold has come off the COMEX just in the last four weeks. Okay. What about silver? Same thing. Net-net, silver's down 21 million ounces. Okay. On the COMEX is actually up slightly, off registered slightly up on eligible, but overall down. So silver and gold are coming off the COMEX. They're going into strong hands. Why? Well, look, it's what happened to the market. The markets have crashed. And we know that the value of empty money supply is crashing. So we know people don't want to be positioned in bonds and stocks, and they're not because they got out of it because we saw this chart in the spreadsheet which shows they're getting out of everything. What they're doing is buying cheap gold and silver, right? They get cheap gold and silver. They keep the price down with derivatives. Because what does it cost you to hold a short futures position if you're a mega, mega bank? Not much. okay. It's a percentage of the trade as a fee, right? maintaining that position, but they're getting the actual fiscal off at cheap prices. Here's the warehouse gold stocks. You see the downtrending line since 2020. Since the pandemic, gold's come off the COMEX, the total stockpile. What's happened to silver? It's come off the COMEX. Even more. More silver has come off the COMEX since silver squeeze than gold has come off in the same time frame. Gold is coming off more lately, but silver has come off more overall. What does that mean? I'm going to interpret that for you. Gold has come off more lately because there was more available. And so you had more time to get your gold off at cheap prices. Silver, there's less available as a percentage of worldwide output. And because it's used industrially and less is available in investment form every year. So the people went for silver first. That's why they pulled the silver first. That's why the silver reduction is much sharper than the gold reduction but you're seeing them come to gold. And what did I say a few weeks ago? I said, silver's coming off the COMEX. Watch for gold coming off the COMEX. That signals the exit of the big hands from the derivatives market in gold silver. Now it's going to be a slow exit, but they're going to get out. Okay, why are they getting out? They want to get their gold and silver. They're preparing for what? The big crash. Okay, and remember when I said gold wasn't flowing off the COMEX as much as silver, but it started to. Look at this sharp little downtrend. They've started to go get the gold and the silver, how are they keeping the prices cheap while they do this, ladies and gentlemen? Well, if you look at the volume and OI of gold, you can see in the last few days, the volume's been up and it's been to the short side. How do we know? We click on settlements on this CME gold data, which is presented on cmegroup.com under the gold tab. And we can see reduction in price. The dominant month right now is August of 2022. We know because as most open interest of 387,697 contracts and they settled at a price, an average price of 1763. Okay, this is today's numbers. We go back to the last trading day on Friday. Remember Monday was July 4th, it was a holiday. The last trading day there was heavy interest 397,000 and they closed at 1801. Okay, that's dragging the price down. And again, these are derivative or paper trades. This is not physical. This is not physical. I'll show you physical in a minute. Here's Thursday's data. Well, it closed at 1807. So you can see the stair step down in gold. Well, how do I know this is all derivatives? Because it's the open interest on the COMEX, which is a paper contract. But if you look at the actual deliveries in gold, ah, 425 here, not very many. This is on Friday's data, let's go to Thursday. Thursday had 343, not very many. Wednesday had 136. Now that's about 1,000 or so if you look at those three days, a little bit less actually, about 1,000. But look at the amount of open interest, 550,000. Open interest is 494 on the 1st of July. So out of 494,000 trades, only about 1,000 actually settle in fiscal. That's why we say the spot price is determined by paper. 99.9% of its paper trading has nothing to do with the fiscal market. But what they can do is by going short, they can keep the price down and they can take the physical off. How are they taking the fiscal off? They're taking it off the warehouses here and here. Same thing in silver, open interest spikes up a little bit here. What are the settlements? Again, this is all paper trading. The dominant contract is September in silver. 117,000 open interest on today, Tuesday, July 5th. As you see right here, closing price, 19,121 on average. Well, let's go to last trading day, Friday, before today. Again, dominant contract, September. 116,000 open interest, close at 1966. Okay, we go back up to Thursday. Same thing, 114,000 closed down negative 3.86 at 23.5. So it's been falling on the paper trades, Okay, down 68 cents on Friday, down 54 cents from previous close. So what they do is they dump a bunch of paper on the derivative market, bring the price down. That's why gold and silver are trading down today. It's just paper trading to the short side, but they're taking the physical off the market. Why are they taking the physical off the market? Because in July of last year, Reuters, the mouthpiece said, all these central banks are going to contract. Let's go back and rewalk through this real, real quick, and I'll see if we have any questions. I'm going to do this like super, super fast. Reuters says all these central banks are going to retract. And again, here's all the detail. M1 and M2 don't retract until March. Let's get to the short term charts until March. So that gives them three, you know, seven, eight months to prepare. Let's go and do this chart. So they got seven, eight months to prepare and pull out. Okay. What are they doing? They're pulling out. Let's go back to this chart where they've been pulling out. But if you go back to the longer term chart, I'm going to show you the spreadsheet where it's been going on for longer. Go back to the spreadsheet. This has been going on for some time all the way back to September and December for bonds. Again, just a couple months after Reuters said, hey, this is what the central banks are going to do. Okay, Does this make sense? Am I painting the, painting the picture for you guys here? The overall aggregates are still up. You still have more M1 and M2 on reserves and currency in circulation according to the Fed, but it's less affected because when you look at it deflated for inflation, the value of that M2 money stock has come down. So they needed to get out ahead of it. And by the way, the velocity has fallen off a cliff. They're not saving it. They're doing other, I mean they're not spending it in the broad economy buying goods and services. They're doing other things with it. It's part of the exit. It was never that money that was printed mostly M1 to the commercials. Remember, commercial, M1 is mostly commercial. That money that they printed went to the big commercial guys, who, by the way, did not put it into the economy. You can see that here. They put it into other things while they're exiting the position. They're making themselves whole. In other words, the 2020 pandemic money spree by the Fed was a bailout of large institutions. It didn't help the broad public because why? This is the measure of them to money supplying the broad public. They got a lot less of it. Okay? And it wasn't being spent by the people. They were just paying bills and stuff. They didn't get the majority of the money supply. It was the big guys, the CEOs exit out, people sell their, their, their bonds and their stocks, massive ETF fund outflows. They take gold and silver off of the exchanges to where you see those amounts fall. And then they, they do that cheaply because they're hammering the prices you can see on the gold trade on the COMEX. It's not that hard, ladies and gentlemen, to put this all together. It did take some time for me to put it all together. So, yes, one, it has to do with a reduction in the monetary aggregates. But more than that, it has to do with the broadcasting of Fed policy to large elites who gotten the bailout out of the money and then exited their positions, took the money, exited their positions, made their institutions whole while the rest of the people suffered because they didn't get the majority of the money. And the velocity of money fell. So even though velocity of money is falling, inflation can still go up. That's a misnomer. A lot of people tell you velocity of money has to go up for inflation to go up. It does not. It's a total amount of the aggregate amount of money produced versus the aggregate amount of goods to be produced. And even though velocity of money is falling, if this number the money aggregates is up so high, then this, then the actual production, you can still have inflation, even though the velocity is falling. And then you have them basically exiting out of bonds and in, in, in stocks and they're buying gold and silver and other assets, okay? Maybe buying back their own stock for their company. A lot of those types of things to make themselves whole. What do you do when you get easy money through the Fed? from a bond perspective, we get cheap interest rates, almost 0% interest rates. You go buy back stock, who does that make whole? People that run the company and the wealthy people in the company. So you're using debt that you have to pay off later to make the rich people whole, the rich shareholders whole, keeps your share price up and people interested, keeps people from understanding what's going on in the underpinnings of the economy. It bails out the big dudes and then they use some of that money to go take gold and silver off the market while keeping the market prices suppressed. So I'm not worried about gold and silver price. Now is a buying opportunity as far as I'm concerned i'm going to continue to buy it uh, whether you should or not is your decision but i think the data that i provided you probably gives you a pretty good idea of what's been going on hope you guys have enjoyed this stream ladies and gentlemen um, appreciate you guys for joining we got 350 you guys in that's awesome uh, i do not see, oh i do see a super chat from dissonant agnostic he says i expect theory coin to fall sharply this week why do you think it has found some stability theory honestly i don't follow all the crypto if theory coins one of the ten thousand cryptos out there i don't follow them all i will say that some of them do get especially if they're small if they can get a little bit of liquidity liquidity injection and they're small and they don't have a lot of people already trying to bail out and it's a younger crypto they tend to go up even you know the market's not doing well it's when they get a little bit of money in them and people have something to lose that they sell out. That may be, I don't know. I'm not an expert in theory coin, but I'll try to answer that question in the future. I'm gonna do some research. It's hot in here, guys. I don't have air conditioning, but we got this thing done. Uh, This has been live. The great financial exit has begun. I think I showed you all the data. I think if you pair what I did today with what I did a week ago today on the derivatives and what's going on with the derivatives and how those are about to crash, I think you get an idea of what's going on. I think you get an idea of the smart money front-running the system, taking the value out of the system, shoving the crap into stuff like derivatives and giving them to us. In other words, it's a big wealth transfer what's, what's occurred the last few years. The Fed has helped facilitate that with the money printing. And now the retractionary cycle is to say, okay, Big elites, you got out. We bailed you out your companies. You know, you got, you're getting the gold and silver. You made yourself whole through stock buybacks, through cheap money, through, through the bonds. Now we're going to start retracting the economy very slowly. Get out, get out, get out. Okay, And they have been, as I showed you in the ETF uh, outflows chart. You combine all those things together, that's what's going on. The big guys got bailed out. And I mean the big guys globally, not just in the US. And that's that's what's happened. Thank you, Nick, for the the contribution. I appreciate you, bro. But that's what's happened. I'm going to go ahead and end the poll. We're going to read it one more time. Is the market sell-off a part of a bigger move? 5% still say yes, it's normal for summer. The other 95% either say no, it's a full-blown meltdown. That's one-third or 61% say big hands are directing the market. We're gonna end that poll. Thank you guys for joining the program. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you guys for doing the super chats and and contributing to the channel. We do do a lot of research. It does take a lot of time and effort and money to do that and have employees and stuff. So I appreciate everything you guys do to support the channel. You have no idea how awesome that is that you guys are here. Uh, We had 350 people of you here, which was awesome. Uh, Again, look at last week's presentation with the derivatives. And look at this week week's presentation of the great financial exit has begun. You put those two together, watch each one of those three to four times, you're gonna know exactly what's going on and how bad and nasty this is going to be and how I've documented for you the big money got bailed out ahead of time by the Fed and by the monetary policy and by the signaling ahead of time all of the central banks together. Hey, we're gonna do this. Elite, get your money out, move your money around, make yourself whole. And all the stock buybacks that have occurred in this last monet, monetary printing spree dating back to 2009, where they took on cheap debt and bought back stock and cheap debt and bought back stock and it bailed out all of the CEOs and the wealthy that are invested in the corporate structures. That's another thing that I didn't actually show the data on. Maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe we'll document that part of it. How companies use cheap debt to buy back stocks and then Take all of that debt, stick it on the company balance sheet. When the companies crash, it goes to the regular shareholders who didn't get bailed out. Then maybe that's the next follow-up video that I do next week. We'll think about that if I get all the data arranged. But in any case, I think you guys have got the gist of it. The great financial exit has begun. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the beginning of the end of the current financial system. I'm not just talking about the current run of stocks. I'm talking about the fiat dollar in its current form, the current debt-based fiat monetary system, not just for the US, but for the world. It has begun. It's gonna take a while to unwind and for this big crash to happen, but that crash is gonna happen a lot faster in the buildup. I can tell you that not only the last 12 years, but since 1913, when the Fed was put into place, it's gonna happen a lot faster. You don't have a whole lot of time. I do think today's gold and silver prices are on sale for you. That's my opinion. Do your own research, make your own financial decisions. Don't listen to me. That's what I'm doing. And I think there's enough data here to kind of get you into that. Please go back to those sources and review them yourself. Let me know if you have questions on those. I'll send you guys the links. I think that's going to be about to do it today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Oh my goodness. We went almost an hour. That was awesome. The great financial exit has begun. I said last week that might've been the best video I've ever done. You know what? I'm going to trumpet and say, this is the best video I've ever done because there are other pieces that I illuminated here that we hadn't illuminated before. Last week, I told you the scope of the big crash that's coming. Now I told you how They got, you know, the big guys out of it before they crashed the rest of us. And we're going to be left holding the bag. That is if you don't hold gold and silver and you're stuck in all those other financial positions. Again, that's just my opinion. Do your own research. I think this has been a good one, guys. Thank you so much for joining. I appreciate I appreciate everybody for stopping by the channel. Remember, you can go to the website, goldsiverpros.com. You can click on precious metals deals. You can send an email through an online form to ARC Silver. They've got really cheap gold and silver. And by cheap, I mean price over spot. Uh, we know that the premiums over spot for silver are higher now than they've ever been in history as a percentage. And so if you want cheap premiums, go to Arc Silver. Use that form on our website, goldsilverprose.com. Click on precious metals deals and you will get cheaper premium silver than just about anybody on the planet has because Ian at Arc Silver does a great job of that. We you know, fully recommend them. We are a customer and a friend as well. Thank you guys so much for joining the program. Uh, this has been Cowboys Metals Live. I'm traveling, so I don't have the cowboy hat today same great presentation. And even though I'm in LA, we normally broadcast from the great state of Texas and we take no bullshit and we give you the truth because that's who we are. And you're only going to get that here. Not a lot of people on the online world are going to do that. We will do that here for you. And we don't charge you a dime. It's because we want to help you, our friend and neighbors and create a community where people can thrive and survive. Thank you so much. This will do it until next time. Rob Keats with gold